Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our weekly briefing. This week, we will hear, as always, from public health. Um, we will also hear from Metro Transit uh, on some exciting new work uh, being done in the transit realm. Um, it is Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. Uh, please take a moment uh, to recognize that, and I'll direct you, as I always do, to our fantastic library system, which has a lot of resources uh, on Asian Pacific American heritage and history and culture. I uh, encourage you, particularly in these times, to educate yourself uh, and celebrate the diversity of our community. It's also Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, we've all been through uh, a really long and difficult pandemic, and it's very important for us to take care of our mental health. There is no shame in reaching out for help if you need it. Um, please avail yourself of the mental health resources available in our community. It's also National Clean Air Month, so think about how we can keep our air clean and reduce our emissions. Um, and it is Bike Safety Month. Those two things seem to go to together in my mind. Uh, if you can ride your bike safely, you can help keep our air clean. Um, so food for thought. And we will go now to Janelle Heinrich, who's the Director of Public Health Madison-Dank County for our regular update. Good morning. Thank you, Mayor. I'm happy to be here to share continued promising news in the fight against COVID-19 in Dane County. Current trends in our data are showing the longest plateau period since last spring. As of today, 43,973 people have tested positive for COVID-19 in Dane County since the beginning of the pandemic, with 428 diagnosed in the past week. Our current seven-day average is 62 cases per day. When I spoke to you at last week's briefing, that number was 69. When we look at the rate per 100,000, the rate in Dane County is similar to a little better than the rest of the state and showing less activity than the entire United States. Good news is that COVID activity seems to be decreasing nationwide. Hospitalization levels remain five-fold lower than in the fall 2020 peak, with a seven-day average of 33 people hospitalized each day. Earlier this morning, we released emergency order number 16. This latest order is fueled by cautious optimism about these promising improvements in COVID activity and increased vaccination coverage, while continuing a steady, phased approach to reopening, an approach that has likely contributed to Dane County having one of the lowest case rates in the state, despite it being a population center, and should help ensure that we won't have to turn the dial back. The biggest changes in the in this latest order impacts gathering limits and capacity limits, which have increased. In this order, indoor gatherings with food and drink will now be limited to 350. If you do not plan to involve food and drink, that number is now 500 people or less. There are no specific limits on outdoor gatherings as long as anyone who doesn't live together can maintain six feet of physical distancing, except when in transit. Restaurants and taverns with dine-in capacity may open to 75% of approved seating capacity with physical distancing still being required. 
Businesses must limit the number of individuals inside their establishment to 75% of approved capacity levels as well. This new order goes into effect on May 5th and will be in effect until June 2nd. It has never been easier to get vaccinated in Dane County. Supply is plentiful and we are now accepting drop-ins at the Alliant Energy Center during regular clinic hours. See clinic hours on our website or sign up for an appointment directly at publichealthmdc.com slash APPT. Our data shows that Dane County continues to be a leader in the state in our with our vaccination rates. Since mid to late December, Dane County vaccinators have administered 516,382 doses of vaccine to Dane County residents. 58.4% of our county population has now received at least one dose. Among those age 65 and older, 92.7% of this population have received at least one dose and 87.6% have completed the full vaccination series. And we're seeing the benefits of this with fewer people in this age group becoming sick. Proof that the vaccine is doing its job. Some additional great news. The age group that we're seeing the biggest jump in protection from COVID right now are our 16 to 17 year old community members. 51.5% of Dane County residents in this age group now have at least one dose of protection, up from 44% just last week. This is amazing progress when this age group has only been widely eligible for a vaccine for the last four weeks. And thank you, Dane County, thank you. We are seeing impressive follow through here in this community when it comes to completing the vaccine series. An amazing 99% of people have received their second Moderna or Pfizer dose within the recommended timeframe. As you know, vaccination is our way out of this pandemic. The more coverage we have in Dane County and across the state, the harder it will be for this virus and more infectious variants to spread. And since children under the age of 16 are not yet able to be vaccinated, the more the rest of us who are eligible become vaccinated, the more we reduce the risk for our children to become sick. The higher our vaccination rate, the more likely we can have a normal summer and beyond. Please, if you haven't already gotten vaccinated, please find a way to do so and continue to pr practice those prevention matter measures that we've been talking about for so long. Thank you and stay well. Thank you, Janelle. I just want to emphasize uh, how easy it is to get vaccinated now here in Dane County and in Madison. The Alliant Energy Center is, as Janelle said, accepting walk-up appointments. You can also schedule an appointment at publichealthmdc.com slash APPT. That's short for appointment if you need help remembering it. It's particularly important uh, to get vaccinated this week because it is World Immunization Week. Um, so let's keep up the good progress in getting shots into arms and uh, getting us all uh, back to a place where we can feel more comfortable uh, being close to each other again.
Next, we're going to hear from Justin Stunberg, who's our Metro Transit General Manager, for some updates on what's going on in the Metro Transit world. Good morning. Uh, so I'm going to give you uh, a couple updates on some of the higher profile projects that Metro has going on right now. Uh, we have a lot, uh, a lot in the hopper right now, but um, two of our major, major projects are our network redesign project as well as our bus rapid transit project. So I'll give you a little update and, and briefing on both. First, for the network redesign, um, this is really looking at uh, re-envisioning the entire Metro route network across the entire city. The, the current metro system was designed in the mid-1990s uh, and, and served the, the city of Madison that existed at the time very well. Since the that time, the city has grown uh, substantially, um, and the, the existing system doesn't always serve all needs as well as it could. And so with that in mind, we've embarked on a project called the Network Redesign, and this project um, really intends for us to outline our goals and our vision uh, for the transit system and define those and then build a transit system around that. And so with that in mind, uh, we have a, a survey that's out right now that's really asking uh, folks what their priorities are, what their goals are for the transit system. Is our priority to serve everyone who might want a bus across the entire system? Or is it to serve the most number of people possible and to maximize ridership? I think the reality is it's somewhere in between, um, but we need to know where the community stands uh, on that spectrum as we decide how to allocate our resources between maximizing ridership and maximizing the coverage in terms of having a bus available to everyone. So uh, with that in mind, uh, that survey is out now, uh, and you can go to our website, mymetrobus.com, uh, where this project is linked to, uh, and at the top of that uh, project page, there is a survey link. Um, that survey closes May 14th, and so I ask uh, for as much participation as possible to make sure that your voices are heard. That project will go through uh, the next um, year or so. Our hope is to, roughly by the end of 2021, to have a draft of a network plan uh, and going through the final approvals in the first quarter of 2022 uh, so that we can begin to implement that, that new network starting in the summer of 2022 um, and through 2023. Next, I'll talk a little bit about the Bus Rapid Transit Project, which I'm sure many of you have heard about. Uh, we do have a, a couple uh, milestones coming up. One is a public meeting on May, May 11th at 6 p.m. Again, this is all on our website, which is linked to you from mymetrobus.com. Uh, and one particularly interesting uh, element uh, that we've got right now is our station design concept competition. So uh, there are, on our website, there are 23 different submissions uh, for folks to review and provide comment on about what the stations for our bus rapid transit system might look like. Um, these are design concepts submitted by people um, all across the city and region and, and frankly, the country. Uh, and even some internationally. We were very uh, excited for the participation in how many of these submissions that we got. And uh, we welcome everyone's uh, comments around uh, what they like, what they don't like, so that we can morph this into a, a final station design that would, that would represent our bus rapid transit project across the city. Uh, so that, that survey closes May 2nd. 
uh, so this coming Sunday. So uh, please log on and, and provide your comments uh, on these station designs. Uh, and ultimately, we hope to present at the uh, Urban Design Commission uh, May 26th for a final adoption approval of our preferred station concept. And from there, uh, we would, uh, our designers, our engineers would take that concept and, and turn it into something that um, hopefully fulfills the original vision of that concept, um, but is in a constructible and cost-effective way. Um, and then uh, finally, uh, related to BRT, but also our system in general, um, we're, we're also working uh, to update our fare collection system. And so with that, um, there will be a lot of um, policy changes that might be warranted uh, as part of a change in our fare collection system. And we're starting that public process as well. We'll do an initial presentation at our Transportation Policy and Planning Board on May 3rd um, to be followed by uh, public meetings and, and a final adoption of a policy around fare collection uh, at a later date that has not yet been defined. But I invite all of you to participate in that process. So with that, I uh, thank you very much. Um, and have a good day. Thank you, Justin. I'm excited about that station design competition. It's great that we got so many responses. And I really encourage folks to go look um, uh, at the Metro uh, website, mymetrobus.com, and check them out. There's some really interesting ideas. And um, if you, there's, each photo has a, a link uh, where you can see more um, views of the design and then submit your comments on it, what you like, what you don't like, um, what's your first choice. Um, and we're very eager to hear from the community on what you want these BRT stations to look like. Um, I also wanted to mention that uh, if you're interested in being a part of Metro Transit and Team City, um, that Metro is hiring drivers. Um, so encourage folks to uh, check that out. Apply through the city's website, cityofmadison.com. There's a, a link to the jobs listings, um, and encourage folks to check that out. Um, all right, I have a, a number of things, uh, perhaps a slightly shorter list than usual, but still a few things to go through. Uh, I want to start with acknowledging that yesterday was uh, Workers' Memorial Day. It's a day when we honor folks that lost their lives uh, it, on the job. And so I want to take a moment to recognize um, all those in the city of Madison that lost their lives in the workplace um, and their families, and to thank uh, the entire Team City um, and all of our employees here at the city for the incredible work that they do every day, and particularly over the past um, year and a half, the ways in which many of our employees have put their life and safety at risk in service to our community um, during a pandemic. Uh, I also want to um, just follow up on uh, Janelle's announcement of the new public health orders um, and note that uh, the increased uh, limits on gatherings uh, likely mean that we will see more events uh, coming back to our community this summer, which is really great news. Um, and I'm eager um, to see the creative ways in which uh, we'll be able to have particularly outdoor events uh, while still keeping everybody safe. Um, and so things like certainly the farmer's market, I'm hopeful we'll come back to the square 
um, looking at uh, Ride the Drive, which we are doing this year, but in a slightly different way. Um, hopeful for some of the, the downtown or neighborhood festivals that we see um, in a normal year to start to come back uh, to Madison. I'm very excited about that. And as the marquee on the Majestic says, first you get the vaccine, then you get the concerts. Um, so it is important for us all to remember that we do need to get vaccinated in order to start to bring back particularly more of the indoor events that we're eager to see. And just as a reminder, go to publichealthmdc.com slash APPT to set up your vaccination appointment if you haven't already. And thanks to everybody who has. All right. Um, I also wanted to uh, just uh, reemphasize again the um, Metro Transit Choices Survey. Um, you can find that at mymetrobus.com slash redesign, or if you want to jump straight to the survey, you can go to surveymonkey.com slash r slash network redesign um, to give uh, feedback on your goals and priorities for our transit system. Um, I encourage people to follow this project overall. It really will be hopefully a transformative um, look at our bus routes. Um, and again, that website is mymetrobus.com slash redesign, or you can email metroredesign at cityofmadison.com um, for updates, uh, questions, or comments. And that survey also is in Spanish. It's available in Spanish um, on the Metro website. Um, and as I always do, I have a number of community resources to share with you um, to help uh, folks and families in need. Uh, as I've said throughout the entire pandemic, um, there's no shame in reaching out for help. It's been an incredibly hard uh, year plus for our community. And there are a lot of resources here um, to support you and your family. Um, so if you are in need, please reach out to United Way at 211. They can connect you to emergency food options, to social services, uh, to other supports, and uh, they're a very helpful resource. So that is to uh, call 211 or to text your zip code to 898-211. The city also offers a free financial resource hotline to help navigate financial issues related to the pandemic. You can find out more at cityofmadison.com slash financial hotline or call um, toll-free 888-266-7805, um, and you can set up an appointment to talk to a financial navigator. We also have a housing helpline. Help if you're homeless or in danger of losing housing, you can call 608-264-0549 or email housinginfo at cityofmadison.com. Uh, if you need help accessing the internet or uh, phone service, you can call the State Public Service Commission at 608-267-3595. If you need help finding a child care provider, you can call 608-216-7022. If you don't have health insurance, the uh, health insurance marketplace at healthcare.gov is open. Um, you can access health insurance through the marketplace. 
Um, and if you need help doing that, call 211 or visit wiscovered.com. That's W-I-S-covered.com. If you need help paying for your health insurance premiums, we do have a program here called Health Connect uh, that can assist you, assist you if you meet the guidelines. And again, you can call 211 for information on that or visit unitedwaydanecounty.org slash healthconnect for information on eligibility. And since uh, accessing these resources likely requires a computer, if you don't have one and uh, need to get online uh, to access some of these resources, our fantastic libraries are making appointments available for computer use uh, by the hour. You can call 608-266-6300 to set up an appointment uh, at one of our library's computers. These resources and more posted at cityofmadison.com. Click on the community resources link. And I also encourage you to visit and subscribe to my blog at cityofmadison.com slash mayor slash blog uh, to keep up to date on things going on around the city. Meetings this coming week. Today, the 29th at 5, the Police Civilian Oversight Board will meet. Monday the 3rd at 5, the Landmarks Commission will meet. Also at 5, the Transportation Policy and Planning Board meets. And at 5.30, the City County Homeless Issues Committee will meet. On Tuesday the 4th, uh, the Common Council will meet, and they will take up uh, the question of whether or not we should establish um, a permanent uh, purpose-built men's shelter. Um, so I encourage you to weigh in on that if you have thoughts about it. Also, uh, Wednesday, May 5th at 4.30, the Board of Public Works meets. At 5, the Board of Health meets. And at 6.30, the Greater Madison Metropolitan Planning Organization, otherwise known as the MPO Policy Board, will meet. And that is what I have for this week. I told you it was a little bit of a shorter list. Um, Linda, do we have questions? We have one question for the public health director and one for yourself. All right. We'll have Janelle go first then. Good morning, Janelle. Good morning. Um, the question we have for you today says, with gatherings limits for outdoor events being removed but distancing requirements still in place, what does this mean for the return of outdoor events like concerts, sporting events, and outdoor markets? Sure, thank you. So we removed those capacity limits outdoors in the last order a month ago in Order 15. Um, and it just means that uh, with those distancing requirements, and uh, we recognize that um, and being outdoors, that it's always safer to be outside and that folks will have to get creative about how they provide those events to balance um, size and safety. And it's just another recognition that we are moving forward back towards our normal. Thank you so much. I just want to add on to that. I think um, what Janelle said is really important. Um, we are already seeing innovation and creativity in how we do outdoor events, and I expect that we'll see even more um, as we get further into the summer, as more people get vaccinated. Um, again, it's, we just know that it's safer uh, to get together outside, um, and we just have to be mindful 
um, that for folks who uh, aren't vaccinated or can't be vaccinated, that we continue to offer options for that distancing and masking um, in our community so that we can get together outdoors again. Um, and I, I do want to take the opportunity to remind us all that um, everybody is going to have a different a level of comfort with risk going forward. And so um, we just need to accept that it's normal for us to be wearing masks. We don't know when you're out and about, you don't know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't. Um, so please just be respectful of, of other people's comfort levels um, and you know, maintain that distancing, uh, maintain that masking certainly inside. Um, and check with the folks around you and with your family, with your friends about what their level of comfort is um, in terms of being closer together or inside together or masking or not. Um, I think we just have to show each other a lot of kindness um, and accept uh, that we're all going to have different um, uh, levels of what we're comfortable with. All right, Linda. And we have one question for you as well. It's regarding to the Mifflin Street event that recently occurred. And this question is asking if you have an opinion or comments on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I just am consistently frustrated uh, with the Mifflin Street block party. Um, I think it's, it, particularly in a pandemic, just highly irresponsible of the folks um, that we're hosting, that we're allowing um, folks to come into their properties, their apartments. Um, it's just really disappointing to see such bad behavior. Um, I know that there are folks in the community that were upset about the way the event was policed or not. Um, I think you know what I saw was fairly consistent of the approach that our police department takes. Um, I understand that they are pursuing um, multiple folks uh, for bad behavior, and I would uh, direct any questions on that to the police department. Um, I know that there's uh, some action there and probably more to come. Um, but really just at the baseline, uh, you know, I think that it's important for us all to remember that we are still in a pandemic. And, um, you know, call me skeptical, but I doubt that all the folks that were at Mifflin are vaccinated. Um, and I think it was just really irresponsible for them um, to be out there and doing what they were doing. Uh, every year we face this. You know, every year we hear calls um, that Mifflin shouldn't happen. And I want to be 100 percent clear. The city of Madison does not condone the Mifflin Street block party. Uh, we do not permit it. And do, we do not want it to happen. And, and we do everything we can to communicate in advance every year that we do not want it to happen and that we uh, are urging people connected uh, to the block party to be safe and to be responsible. Um, unfortunately, um, it continue, we continue to have people who think it's a good idea um, to do that. And, and I do think that is really unfortunate. Thank you, Mayor. Those are the questions we have for today. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Have a great week, and we will see you next week.